0: أحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يبقه قولي اللهم اهدي قلبي وسدد لساني وسلو السخيمة قلبي أمين يا رب العالمين ان we'll begin the next chapter which is كتاب فضل الصلاة في مسجد مكة والمدينة the book of the virtue of performing prayer in the masjid of Makkah and in the masjid of Medina. What is the masjid of Makkah? It is the masjid al-haram, meaning the masjid in which the Kaaba is. Remember that in the haram, there are many masjid, there are many mosques, all right? All of those mosques are not included in this category, all right? The masjid of Makkah refers to masjid al-haram, meaning the masjid in which the Ka'bah is. Alright? Whether you are entering the part which has been recently constructed, meaning an extension, or you're entering the part which was there at the time of the Prophet wasallam. Alright? Because the whole masjid is one masjid. Yes, it's massive, it's very big, alhamdulillah, but it is all the same masjid, one masjid. Alright? And the Masjid of Medina is which Masjid? Masjid al Nabawi, Masjid of the Prophet, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, in which his Rawdah is, right? The Rawdah min Riyadh al-Jannah, alright? That is the Masjid of the Prophet, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Now, in some books of Sahih Bukhari, we will see that uh, this is not a separate chapter, rather it is a continuation of the previous chapter headings. Alright? And whether or not Imam Bukhari put it like that, there is complete logic behind putting these topics right after the topic of voluntary prayer. Because voluntary prayer, yes, that is a means of extra reward. All right. But then we see that performing prayer in these places, that also brings extra reward. All right. We see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen, He has given special significance to certain times of the year and also certain places in this world. Certain times of the year, like for example, the, the last nights of Ramadan are not like any other nights of the year. Isn't it? Which is why with regards to Laylatul Qadr, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said that whoever is deprived of it, then he is deprived of much good. Meaning, even if you were to worship all year round, every single night, but if you missed Laylatul Qadr, you can never make up for that loss. Why? Because praying in Laylatul Qadr is like praying for how many years? A thousand months. Right? خَيْرٌ مِنْ أَلْفِ شَهْرٌ Right? So, the nights of Ramadan have a special significance. The days of Dhul Hijjah are the best days of the year. Correct? Now, likewise, these places on earth which places? The Masjid of Mecca, the Masjid of Medina, and the third one is Masjid of Al-Aqsa in Jerusalem. These three places are not like any other places in the world. So performing prayer in these places should be something that all of us should be keen on doing. And this prayer includes the voluntary prayer, and it also includes the Faridah prayer. The obligatory and voluntary. So, for example, if a person is able to go to Makkah, all right, perform Umrah, and they are staying there for a day or two, and they perform all of their uh, fard prayers in the masjid, excellent, all right? But let's say a person only has enough time to go do Umrah and perform some voluntary prayer. Because sometimes what happens is that between Zuhur and Asr, there is uh, uh, a long time, or between Isha and Fajr, there's a long time. Right, so there are people who only have enough time to go do their umrah and return. They cannot stay for isha, they cannot stay for fajr, right? But they manage to perform voluntary prayer. Is that correct? Of course it is. Would that bring them extra virtue, extra reward? Certainly it would. Right. So by that, these three places, Masjidul Aqsa, Masjidul Nabawi, and Masjidul Haram. These three places. It's the place. That has its significance Alright It's a place that is significant It is the place that is important So we want to go And perform prayer In these places Regardless of what prayer that is Okay, It could be farth Obligatory It could be voluntary It could be Eid Salah Any salah That you can perform in these places Then the reward will be Multiplied Because of these places Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen these places Just as he has chosen certain times of the year The first chapter heading The virtue of praying Salah in the masjid of Makkah And in the masjid of Medina. Right? Meaning what is the reward? What is the benefit? حَدَّثَنَا حفص بْنُ عُمَرَ حَدَّثَنَا شُعْبَةُ قَالَ أَخْبَرَنِي عَبْدُ الْمَلِكِ بْنِ عَنْ قَزَعَةَ قَالَ سَمِعْتُ سَعِيدٍ رَضي الله عنه. So Qaza'ah is reporting the hadith and he's saying that I heard from Abu Sa'id. Who is Abu Sa'id? This is Abu Sa'id al-Khudri. Right? So Qaza'ah is saying that I heard from Abu Sa'id رضي الله عنه أربعان, four things. Alright? Four things I heard from Abu Sa'id, and four things about which he said, qala sami'atu mina Nabiyi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he said that I heard those things from from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa Alright? Now, what are those four ahadith or four statements that he heard from Abu Sa'id, who reported them on the authority of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa They will be mentioned in the last hadith in this book. Alright? The Hadith will continue, or in its totality, it will be mentioned at the end of the book. Here, Imam Bukhari is just bringing the first part of the narration, and then he mentions another narration. Why? To support this narration. Okay. Now, before he mentions the narration, he says, "Wakana Ghaza nabi sallallahu Abu Sa'id is a companion who participated with the Prophet ﷺ in 12 battles. Why is he saying this about Abu Sa'id al-Khudri? To show that he is not an ordinary man. First of all, he directly heard these statements from the Prophet ﷺ. And he participated in 12 expeditions with alaihi ﷺ. Alright? Now, Imam Bukhari writes, ha all right. What does ha mean tahwil? Meaning now there's a transfer. Meaning instead of continuing with the hadith, Imam Bukhari is going to mention another narration. All right. And what is that narration? حدثنا علي حدثنا سفيان عن عن سعيد عن رضي الله عنه عن So you see over here the hadith that is going to be mentioned now has been reported by which two companions? Abu Huraira and Abu Sa'id. Khudri, رَضِيَ اللَّهُ Alright? Instead of mentioning the long hadith of Abu Sa'id al-Khudri رَضِيَ اللَّهُ Imam Bukhari just mentioned the chain and the first few words. Qaza'ah said that I heard four things, four statements from Abu Said, and Abu Sa'id was of those companions who participated in twelve battles with the Prophet ﷺ. And Abu Hurairah also narrated this hadith of the Prophet ﷺ. Why narrate hadith like this? To give strength to it. Alright, to give strength to the hadith that this take this hadith seriously, this has been reported with numerous chains. What exactly is this hadith? La tushaddu rihalu illa ila ثلاثة masajid. La not to It should be tied. It should be tied. What should not be tied? A rihalu, the camels, illa except Except towards three mosques. Which three mosques? Al-Masjid al-Haram, the sacred mosque, which is in Mecca, in which the Kaaba is. Secondly, wa Masjid al Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the Masjid of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, which is in Medina. Wa Masjid al-Aqsa, and thirdly, the Masjid al-Aqsa, which is in Jerusalem. Alright? So this hadith is brought over here with two chains of narration. What do we learn from this hadith? That camels should not be tied. What does it mean by this? Rihal is the plural of rahl. Okay? And what does that mean? It's the saddle for a camel. And why would that be tied onto a camel? Why? For the purpose of a journey. And what kind of a journey? A long journey. So what is meant by this expression "la تشدد rihal is that a journey should not be undertaken except for these three places. You understand? A journey should not be undertaken except for these three places. Now apparently it seems that we can only travel to these three destinations. So if you want to go visit your Would not be permissible And if you wanted to Go to Tabuk To you know See the place Where the Prophet Sallallahu alayhi wa Camped During his expedition That would not be permissible Technically If you wanted to go to Ta'if Right The city of Ta'if Technically This would not be permissible Right Actually some people Have interpreted this hadith Like this That they have said That the only three journeys That are permissible Are to these three destinations Otherwise You cannot travel but if you look at our religion, we see from the ways of the companions and the way of the Prophet sallallahu الله عليه that these were not the only three places that they traveled to. Isn't it? Earlier we learned about how people travel for the sake of knowledge. Right? And remember that Mahmoud, he traveled all the way to Medina. To which masjid? Masjid al-Nabawi? No. The masjid in which that companion lead His people in prayer Correct? So then what does this hadith mean? What is meant is That no religious journey Religious journey Should be undertaken Except for these three destinations What do you mean by a religious journey? What do you mean by a religious journey? What is meant by that? Okay, with the intention of getting reward. Now if you think about it, if you're going to New York to visit your aunt, right, to spend a few days with her, because you haven't seen her in so many years, she's off the Wil-Qurba, you want to be there for her and help her out, etc. Isn't that a reward? That is reward, right? So then what is meant by this? Intention of worshipping? Okay. How about like you are visiting Abu Dhabi, and you find out that there is a great, Big, massive, beautiful mosque over there And you're like, you know what I really want to go pray there So you go and pray there, would that be wrong? Okay, let's clarify this, right? Go ahead, okay um, to like rituals, like Okay, but then there's no hajr umrah in Medina, is there? There's no Hajar umrah in Jerusalem There's only Hajar umrah where? In Masjid al-Haram Right? Answer me, think about it Remember the first thing I told you? That these three places are sacred. Right? They're sacred. You aim to go to these places. Why? Because these places are significant. Alright? And then you go and perform prayer in the masajidah of these places or these three mosques. Right? Now if you're going to New York, you're not going because you're going to see New York. You're going to see who? Your aunt. Spend some time with the family. And of course in that you will also see famous places in New York. But you're not going there out of veneration and respect for the city of New York. I mean of course you should respect all places in the world. But there is a difference between loving Medina and loving New York. You understand? There is a difference between loving Makkah and loving Abu Dhabi. You understand? You can respect all of these places in the world, but there is a... You see, traveling to a place, right? Shows that that place is important to you. Now why is that place important to you? There could be different reasons, right? You love a place because your family lives there. You love a place because there is an Islamic institute over there that you want to visit right you love a place because it's got beautiful mountains or falls or things like that right ayat kauniyah isn't it so you love all of these places but can you love a place for the sake of loving that place like there's no other reason you understand there's no relatives there you didn't grow up over there right there's no other attraction over there what are those three places that we can love and travel to for the sake of those three places? It is only these three you understand? So when you go to let's say Abu Dhabi for business or for spending time with the family or for eating at all the, all of the halal places right? whatever your reason is you go there and while you're there you say okay let's go to the masjid also and pray there should you? Certainly you should in fact, if you're staying there for like a week or two, then men should go and pray Jumu'ah in the masjid. You understand? Okay, the question is tourism. Now, people have taken this hadith and said that tourism is not okay. Hmm? The thing is that a believer, for a believer, everything is for a reason. Right? Even if we are traveling, it should be for a good cause. What is that good cause? If that reason is that you want to spend time with your family Why? Because at home There is work Or there is other responsibilities So what happens is that you don't get time to spend with each other You don't get time to bond with each other Should you invest in your relationships With your loved ones, with your close relatives Certainly you should So if you're going away To be close to your family To spend time with them right? This is a good intention If you're going somewhere to see the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to witness the ayat of Allah, is that a good reason? Definitely it's a good reason. If you're going somewhere for the purpose of da'wah, you're going somewhere, you're traveling somewhere for the purpose of seeking ilm, you're going somewhere to meet someone that you love for the sake of Allah because of the khair that you have received from them. You understand? Like for example... Let's say you go to Houston. And one of your main intentions is that you want to meet a local sheikh over there. You want to go and attend his class. So that you can, you know, g- greet him and speak to him, etc. Can you do that? Yes. Can you travel in order to meet someone whom you love and respect for the sake of Allah? Is there any significance for that? There is. In hadith we learn about that. Right? The point of this hadith is What this hadith is telling us is That these are the three sacred places in the world That are special Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose them So can you spend thousands of dollars And your life savings To go visit these places? Can you? Yes you can Would that be a waste of money? Not at all can you take three weeks off of your work and leave your family, etc., in order to go visit these places? Certainly you can. Right? Of course, it doesn't mean you abandon your family and, you know, leave them unattended, etc. You have to make all of those accommodations. But the point is that these three places are sacred. Alright? You go to these places for the sake of these places. Alright? So, the Prophet said that. إِلَّا إِلَىٰ ثَلَاثَةِ masajid. And these are the three masjids. So from this hadith we see the importance of performing prayer in these three places. All right, the first one Masjid al-Haram, the second Masjid al-Nabawi, and the third Masjid al-Aqsa. حدثنا عبد الله بن يوسف قال اخبرنا مالك عن زيد بن رباح وعبيد الله بن ابي عبد الله الاغر عن ابي عبد الله الاغر عن ابي هريره رضي الله عنه ان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال في مسجدي هذا The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said that prayer in this masjid of mine which masjid The Prophet's masjid which is Masjid al Nabawi Alright He said Performing prayer in this masjid Is khayrun It is better Min Than a thousand prayers siwahu In any other place Besides it Illa al masjid al haram Except for the masjid al haram What does it mean? If you pray in masjid al-nabawi Whether that is voluntary prayer Or obligatory prayer The reward for that prayer Is multiplied how many times? A thousand times Why? Because of that place You understand? Because of that place Just as Laylatul Qadr Worshipping in that night Multiplies your reward many times over Right? So just like that Performing prayer in this place Will multiply the reward a thousand times Except for the Masjidul Haram What does that mean? There is more reward in praying salah in Masjid al Haram, and what is that? A hundred thousand. The reward for one prayer is multiplied. How many times? A hundred thousand. Baab Masjid Quba, the Masjid of Quba. Now, after mentioning the two places, Imam Bukhari is now mentioning Masjid al Quba. Now, if you think about Masjid Quba, is not of the three places that the Prophet ﷺ mentioned. Isn't it? So, can you go to perform salah over there? Can you? Let's find out. Before that, what is Masjid Quba? Masjid Quba, remember, is the first masjid that the Prophet ﷺ built. Remember, this was built on his journey to Medina, the journey of Hijrah. Before reaching Medina, the Prophet ﷺ stopped at Quba, all right, and he built a masjid over there, and it is the Banu Amr bin Auf who used to live in Quba. All right, and Quba is called Quba because of a well over there. The well was called Quba, so the place was known as Quba, and the masjid that was built over there was also called Quba. All right, and this is the masjid which Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala praises in the Quran in Surah Tauba, that it is uh, the masjid which was Usisa al-Taqwa. Right, that was founded, that was built upon piety. فِيهِ رِجَالٌ يُحِبُّونَ أَن right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praised the place and the people who worshipped Allah in that place. Now if you think about it, Masjid Quba is very close to Masjid nabawi Only about two to three miles. In fact now if you go from Masjid nabawi to Masjid Quba, it seems like just the same city. Right? In fact, it is kind of like the same city because you know there is it's busy all the way from Masjid an-Nabawi to Quba, and Masjid Quba, in a way, is also the Masjid of the Prophet Sallallahu Right? It it is significant. He built it. Right? He prayed in it, and he visited it very regularly. Right? So you could kind of look at it as an extension of Masjid an-Nabawi. Not that it is for sure. I'm just tr- trying to explain it to you that, you know, for example, when you go to Medina, right, then you also go to Kuba. I mean, why wouldn't you go? Because it's right there. It's not far. So the Prophet ﷺ visited this masjid regularly, and he prayed over there even after he settled in Medina. حدثنا يعقوب بن هو الدورقي حدثنا بن علية أخبرنا أيوب عمر رضي الله عنهما كان لا يصل من إلا في يومين. So Nafir reported that Abdullah ibn Umar would not perform the duha prayer except two days. Meaning he only performed duha prayer on two days. What are these two days? Firstly, يَوْمَ يَقْدُمُ بِمَكَّةَ On the day that he would arrive in Makkah. فَإِنَّهُ كَانَ يَقْدَمُهَا duha. He would arrive at Makkah at the time of duha. And when he would arrive in Makkah, فَيَطُوفُ بِالْبَيْتِ He would do tawaf of the Kaaba. ثُمَّ يُصَلِّي رَكْعَتَيْن Then he would perform two raka'ah. خَلْفَ maqam, Behind the maqam. Which maqam is this? Maqam Ibrahim. So that is the day when he would perform Salatul Duha. وَيَوْمَ يَأْتِي مَسْجِدَ And he would also perform Duha when? On the day that he would visit Masjid Quba. فَإِنّهُ كَانَ يَأْتِي هِكُلَّ سَبْتِ Ibn Umar would go to Masjid Quba every Saturday. فَإِذَا دَخَلَ الْمَسْجِدَ When he would enter the Masjid, كَرِهَ أَن يَخْرُجَ مِنْهُ He would dislike to exit from it. حَتَّى يُصَلِّيَ فِيهِ Until he prayed in it. So he would not like to leave the masjid until after praying salah in it. اللَّهِ الله he said that Ibn Umar would say that the Prophet He would visit the masjid Quba how? wa mashiyan رَاكِبًا riding mashiyan walking so there were times when the Prophet ﷺ rode to Masjid Quba and there were other times when he walked to Masjid Quba. So what does that show? How far is Masjid Quba? Not far. You can walk there. If the Prophet ﷺ could, we also can. And Ibn Umar would say that إِنَّمَا Asna'u kama رَأَيْتُ ashabi يَصْنَعُونَ I do this because I saw my companions doing this. Alright, And what he meant by companions is who? The older companions, the kibar sahaba. Alright. وَلَا أَمْنَعُ أَحَدًا أَن يُصَلِّيَ فِي أَيِّ سَاعَةٍ شَاءَ مِنْ لَيْلٍ أَوْ نَهَارٍ And I do not forbid anybody from praying in any hour of the night or the day غَيْرَ أَنْ لَا طُلُوعَ الشَّمْسِ وَلَا غُرُوبِهَا Except that do not Intend to pray, aim to pray at the time of the rising of the sun nor the setting of the sun. Right? Basically what he's saying is pray at any time, voluntary prayer, but avoid these two times. So in this hadith we see that Ibn Umar radiallahu anhu, he used to go to Masjid Quba, how frequently? How frequently? Every week. Weekly visit every Saturday to Masjid Quba And he would perform prayer over there And he said the Prophet ﷺ did it My companions did it Meaning other companions did it Bab man ata Masjid kulla sabtin. The one who came to the Masjid Quba every Saturday Meaning if somebody lives in Medina Alright And then they go to Masjid Quba every Saturday Would that be okay? Meaning Visiting this masjid so regularly, would that be okay? Let's find out. حدّثنا اسمعيل, حدّثنا عبد العزيز ibn Muslim عن عبد الله بن دينار عن عمر رضي الله عنهما قال كان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يأتي مسجد كل Ibn Umar said that the Prophet would visit Masjid Quba every Saturday, walking and riding. وكان عبد الله رضي الله عنهما يفعله and Abdullah would also do this. He would also go to Masjid Quba every Saturday. How? Either walking or riding. So this hadith shows us a number of things. First of all, it shows us that we can allot certain days, all right, for certain actions. Okay, and it would not be an innovation. Okay. Provided that you don't say that Performing that action on that day Has a special virtue Alright, if you think like that That would be a problem Okay. Like for example, trimming nails For instance I mean you should be trimming them every week Alright So some people They trim their nails on Friday Alright, why? Because they say that there is You know, we have been encouraged to take a bath, clean ourselves before going to the masjid for Jumu'ah. So I will trim my nails every Friday. Okay, good. But then, is it necessary that you trim only on Friday? Is it? No, I remember once, somebody had long nails and they hadn't trimmed them. And my mom said that, you know, what's going on? And they said, I'm just waiting for Friday. Waiting for Friday? Is there? Is it do we know that the Prophet ﷺ would trim his nails on Friday? No. Is that mentioned that you should trim your nails on Friday? No. You should clean yourself on Friday in general terms. And that cleaning includes, you know, taking a bath and extra flossing your teeth, etc. You know, going that extra step. Okay, but it's not necessary that you trim your nails only on Friday. If you have set that as a schedule for yourself. Okay, you see that every week you know, In in one week your nails are long enough So Friday you have set for trimming your nails Alhamdulillah But don't think that there is a special significance To trimming nails on Friday You understand? Just like that You want to make sure that you regularly recite Surah Al-Baqarah Okay, there is significance Of reciting Surah Al-Baqarah, Surah Ali Imran Alright, because people who recite these two surahs Will get special treatment On the day of judgment. Right? So you want to be of those people who at least once a week recite Surah Al Baqarah. Alright? And Surah Ali Imran. So you look at your schedule and you're like, I'm busy on the weekends. Friday, I'm busy with Surah Kahf. Alright? Monday to Thursday, Tuesday seems best to me. You know, I have a light schedule. I think I can do it. So you fix Tuesday for reciting the Surah for yourself. Can you do that? You can. But if you start thinking, that reciting Surah Al-Baqarah on Tuesday is extra virtuous, that would be a problem. And then you tell your children also, make sure it's Tuesday, did you recite Surah Al-Baqarah? No, that would be a problem. Can you do it for yourself though? Yes. There is no harm in that. In fact, it would be good because once you set a day, once you set a time for yourself to do something, right? then what happens is that you, you end up doing it. Because you've, Put it in your routine In your schedule And once you've put it in your routine Then inshallah you'll be able to do it Otherwise you will just be one of those people Who are thinking, 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 dreaming, wishing, hoping Right And then at the end we're getting nothing done So first of all we see That the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, His habit was to visit Masjid Quba every, every Saturday Ibn Umar would also do the same thing Why Saturday? There is a reason Some scholars have said that the Prophet ﷺ would go on Saturday Why? Because this was right after Jumu'ah Okay Friday What would happen is That people from all the surrounding areas of Medina Alta Would come to pray Salatul Jumu'ah With the Prophet ﷺ And you can imagine If people are coming after one week They're gonna come with their questions And their concerns And their requests Right So the next day The Prophet ﷺ had kept For who? For the people of Quba Because they had a special significance Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loved those people He praises them in the Quran So that day the Prophet sallallahu Had fixed for the people of Quba Now of course if he's going to visit them He might as well pray salah over there Isn't it? So this is the reason why he would go on Saturday And this is the reason why he would go so regularly Alright But this teaches us that we can also Set a schedule like that For ourselves and secondly this hadith clarifies that you can go to different places in the world right what is prohibited what we learned in the first hadith what is prohibited is traveling while aiming for that particular place and undertaking a religious journey all right a journey that is for the purpose of ibadah it mean you consider yourself in a different state right so, but this hadith clarifies that that the first hadith is not an absolute prohibition. Right? It's a specific prohibition, because if travel was impermissible, the Prophet ﷺ would not go to Masjid Quba. Right? But he went. Bab ityani Masjid quba'in mashiyan wa going to the Masjid of Quba. While walking and while riding. حدثنا مسدد حدثنا عن عبيد الله قال حدثني نافع عن ابن عمر رضي الله عنهما قال كان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يأتي قباء راكبا Ibn Umar said that the Prophet would go to Masjid Quba riding and walking. زاد had نو الله عن that Ibn Numayr added in his narration that Nafir reported rak'atain. that the Prophet ﷺ would perform two rak'ah in Masjid Quba. And of course, this is basic etiquette that we have been taught that when we go to any masjid, right, for whatever reason, like for example, you're going to a masjid for the purpose of seeking ilm, right, you go to a masjid. So that you can you know, recite some Qur'an And have some time to yourself right? So what is the etiquette That once you arrive What's the first thing that you should do What's the first thing Perform two Right? So the Prophet ﷺ will perform Two raka'ah salah in Masjid Quba Now remember there is reward Additional reward for praying in Masjid Quba Which inshallah I will mention to you later But first I want to complete the chapter And then inshallah I will mention the virtues